How's it? How's it? How's it? Welcome back to Punted Thursdays. You're here with me, Nick, and I'm joined again by my good mate, Ronnie. Wouldn't say good mate, but okay. Well, mate, Ronnie. <laughs> so, Ronnie, did you catch any of the URC rugby this weekend? I did watch some of the URC rugby, Six Nations, Varsity Cup. Watched a couple of uh, games on both Saturday and Sunday. It was a lot of rugby to watch. There was, indeed. Uh, our team toppling the Bulls, Sharks versus Bulls at Loftus. What did you make of that one? I was a little bit disappointed in the Sharks, really. Um, I just felt with the number of Springboks that are in the team and, you know, with that early red card, uh, you know, by Mornay Stain, I just felt the Sharks should dominate a lot more than they actually did. A little bit disappointed in them. Yeah, I definitely think the tactics employed by the Sharks was uh, sort of counterproductive. You know, Bulls were man down from the 11th minute, and yet we decided to take them on in the forwards rather than playing the territory game, putting it down in their half, waiting for them to make mistakes. It was quite frustrating considering most of the Sharks' backline is Springbok players who actually play that style at international level. So why it wasn't uh, deployed in this game, I'm not quite sure. But talking about red cards, that card to Mornay Stain, what yeah, did you think that was it? a valid red card, Absolutely. Definitely a valid red card, I agree. Nice to see him and Lucanio laughing it off afterwards, though. <laughs> but yeah, second red card in Mornay Stain's career. I know many people on social media calling it his first, but he was actually red carded in 2007 as well. When he was uh, young? Indeed. Could you say he was young? Yeah, he was younger than he is now. <laughs> 14 years ago, so what was he, 24 back then? Yeah, that was, yeah, was 24, so he's 38 now. Oh, Bali. Well done, you can do a bit of math. Yeah, you know, and then the second red card in that game for Grant Williams. Yeah, I didn't look quite like it. I felt that it was a, a bear hug, you know, uh, when you're a small guy tra- tackling a big guy, bear hug often... It's like a koala bear hug. He's tiny, man. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's. I thought it was I thought it was okay. I thought that uh, it's really... It was a severe yellow card as opposed to a red card. But, you know, chatting to our friend Shane, he pointed out that, look, the law is the law. And uh, it was a red card offence, which I disagree with, but it is what it is. You know, and like you say, Shane, uh, we spoke with him. He's a referee here at the Blue Bulls Union. He mentioned that intention's not not taken into account with a, a situation like that. But, you know, it makes rugby soft for me when this is a red card offence. I would have understood a yellow. But I surely think intention should come into play then when we look at the sanctioning of it now. No, absolutely. Maybe even... Bring in the, the white card, you know, as they've had in previous tournaments. Um, but I just felt taking a player off for the rest of the game, for bear-hugging a player, you know, you can't bend your neck all the way back and get it out of the way. So, of course, his head made contact, but, you know, it's just really hard. You know, and seeing uh, a red card for that offence, you can hardly blame Jaden Hendrickson for his diving antics. He thought he was on the soccer field. <laughs> that was a bit shameful to see, in all honesty. <laughs> it was. looks like he got sniped from somewhere. Hey? Look, we've all done it at some point. We always take the knee, get, catch a bit of a breather, not only for ourselves, but, you know, we selflessly do it for the rest of the team to also catch a breather. But, yeah, just you diving like that too was much a bit... Champions League. Yeah, diving like that was just unacceptable. Nigel Owens would have been very upset with him. <laughs> Another thing for me from that game, I was quite impressed with the return of Kerwin Bosch. You know, he's fallen out of favour in the last few months. Um, Bonilla and Butter Chamberlain being preferred to him. It was good to see him make that step up again. And I feel like he put in a solid performance. You know, nothing truly special, but definitely a solid performance from someone who was once a capped Springbok. 
was once a capped Springbok, sure. Um, I don't really have much to say with respect to Kerwin. I quite enjoyed his boot, you know, that's about it. And I mean, if you haven't watched the Bulls vs. Sharks game, I recommend everyone go and check out Lucanio Ams try. That was incredible. It was offside though, but... Sorry guys, Ronnie needs glasses. We've been telling him this for years. It was offside. Catch straight behind the Bulls defenders. Grubber even held back a little bit and then he dots it down. He was not offside. The ref didn't think so. So not quite sure where Ronnie gets this. You have to be objective, man. I know you were both shark supporters here, but he was offside. I disagree. Watch it. Let us know on our social media if you think it was a try or not. Then, Ronnie, the other URC fixture from the South African perspective, Lions versus Stormers. Yeah, dominant showing by the Stormers, for sure. Well, was it dominant, really, or was it just the Lions not actually hitting their paces? Yeah, the Lions severely struggling this season. Hey, I mean, we've said it a couple of times on this podcast now. Really, really are struggling. It's a shame, though, because a couple of seasons back, they were the number one team in South Africa, back-to-back Super Rugby finals. Um, and they were doing really well, but just they've just had this mass exodus of quality players and coaching, um, although they do have quality players at the moment. You know, Ronnie, you're one for a bit of a two-cent rant, so what did you make of John Dobson's comments, the Stormer coach coming out and saying, you know, he's not being arrogant, but his team won without really exerting themselves? Uh, he might not be arrogant, but maybe he's just attempting and ensuring his team doesn't uh, become arrogant maybe grounding them a little. It's also difficult, really, after a game to go and sit in front of the media and give responses that everyone agrees with and everybody's happy with. So I don't really have much to say. Maybe Dobson didn't really think it through. Maybe uh, he's just ensuring his team remains grounded. Yeah, I don't know. I think that was a bit of a cheeky one from the coach. I would be quite offended as a Lions player to have said to have heard that about my side. But again, the Lions not performing, so they have to take the flak. Uh, what did you think of Damien and uh, Galant, both in the Stormers team for the first time this year? <laughs> so this is actually, uh, you know, one of many attempts to record this podcast, and I actually got it wrong saying that uh, um, Damien was playing fly-off, but we, we know now that he wasn't. Uh, so, you know, him playing at centre, really exciting. Um, I think he's doing well. You know, Galant as well, very exciting. I know he's got an offer to go overseas. So two very exciting players, and I suppose the Stormers just want to find a way to play both exciting players uh, in the starting lineup, in the back line, and just seeing how they work together. And they they did quite well, I felt. Yeah, and I think Damien at 12 is playing into the Springboks' hand. I'm sure the, the Bok management has a role to play in that. I mean, they are trying to sort of groom him to be the utility back that Franz Steyn was. So I think it's good for him to to get some game time in that position. Another player impressing me for the Stormers is actually Marnie Lubok. You know, he's a player that's not really excelled too well. And Dobson himself saying it's because Marnie's not been backed in a side before. So it's quite good to see him getting that backing. And I feel like he's improving and he's actually, he's running that Stormers backline fairly well. Well, if you say so, I know he's been around, you know, he hasn't stayed with a, with a team for, for too long. Now he's been around uh, various franchises Maybe you're right. Maybe it's just a bit of a confidence issue, sticking your sticking to your guns, picking him in, in a position, and uh, maybe some words of encouragement would do him well. And then, Ronnie, just to rub some salt into your wounds, oh, Stormers, seventh on the log now, top-ranked South African side. Are they seventh? Yeah, eh? seventh. They are three points behind Ospreys with a game in hand, um, and six points behind Munster. So, 
another little stick of the knife. They are also undefeated in 2022, Ronnie. I don't know if I buy that, but if you say so, then you must be right, I suppose. But yeah, look, Stormers, I don't like you guys. Sure, I've got my uh, reasons. Maybe in future podcasts, I'll explain why. But you know what? I'm, I do love South African rugby, and for any South African team to get up there and, you know, I suppose they are our best ranked team, so I have to back them and say congratulations and waving our South African flag proudly, so well done. Yeah, those words did not roll off your tongue. Hey, no, it was very difficult. <laughs> didn't want to come out. Didn't want to say that. He's holding Nick's here in studio. Shit! And then the other URC games, Glasgow Warriors beating Munster. Yeah, I just Fourth say win it. in a row for them. I called that right. Yeah. yeah, you see, Ronnie, we're going to have to check some of these recordings because I'm not so sure to the truthfulness of this. Oh, it's fine. It's, it's available on Spotify, so you can go have a look. Sorry, my alarm's just gone off today. Uh, I mustn't forget to... Uh, Wake up from your nap. <laughs> no, I mustn't forget to explain that uh, Munster, Leinster, a lot of these teams had a lot of players off on international duty. So Glasgow Warriors, it was their time to shine and they, they won. Yeah, and then uh, Leinster, they also went out and beat Edinburgh 26-7. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there are more exciting things to come this this coming weekend because a lot of the players have been released from the Irish side because there's obviously a buy in the Six Nations. So, uh, well done to Leinster. Very dominant performance from them. Yeah, I thought particular mention for Martin Maloney. You know, he's a youngster. This is always a time for sides to give the youngster some game time. But he only found out he'd be playing just before kickoff when uh, Rhys Ruddock uh, came up injured in the warm-up. So he came on. I thought he had a stellar performance. I'm keen to see a bit more of him. Hopefully he doesn't fall by the wayside, like you say, with the Irish internationals returning. But that game was, you know, very, very tight um, up until that yellow card in the 19th minute to Conor Boyle. After that, it opened up quite a bit and um, Edinburgh never really in it after that. Yeah. No, 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 very dominant performance from there. So I don't have, really have much to say there that, uh, you know, they really did very well and uh, happy for some of the, the players that got their shot and, and came off with a win. Yeah, it's it's exciting that, that we're getting to the point where the Northern Hemisphere teams are also going to come to South Africa. That was confirmed this so past week. They've agreed now that uh, they're going to travel back south when the time comes. Yeah, they enjoyed the biltong and stuff last <laughs> time. Now they want to come play some rugby. I think some of those guys are, uh, are not looking forward to returning, but sure. So what happens if another Omicron rears its head? Yeah, well, let's hope that doesn't happen because there's a lack of fixture list coming up and we don't want to be in isolation and stuff for that. Yeah. But... Excitingly, also, that the game between the Stormers and Zebra will be played at Marty's home really? stadium, named aptly after Doc Darney Craven. Sure. Okay, that's going to be awesome. I mean, that's a very beautiful and picturesque area, you know, Stellenbosch. So, um, you know, if you're lucky enough to be one of the 2,000 people, I'm sure, that are going to be allowed to watch the game, it's going to be an awesome, awesome game. I reckon the lack of vibe there at Marty's. Um, Student life? Yeah, for sure. And. I think it's quite exciting that they're going to get that quality of rugby. First time Stormers have ever played a fixture at that venue. So mm-hmm. quite quite a good opportunity and nice for the students to get get to see it as well. Sure. So those are some of the upcoming fixtures. But, you know, areas of improvement with respect to the South African teams before we start facing these Northern Hemisphere sides. I think discipline, discipline, discipline. The Sharks have shown it now. The Bulls have shown it. All the teams are getting these silly little cards. 
And when we come up against the Northern Hemisphere sides, we're really going to struggle if our discipline's not on point. Yeah, I agree. It's about remaining focused. I've, for the recent weeks, I just haven't watched the South African teams play 80-minute rugby. You know, um, they sort of, sort of fall away and lose some of the energy at you know the 50th minute for some of the forwards, the 60th minute for some of the backline players. Don't want them to lose their head and to I want them to remain focused and not give away stupid penalties. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. The fitness and the focus. Of course, the you have to agree with me. Is it so, hey, Ronnie? But yeah, they, they're definitely struggling with that. And the discipline, you know, if you're going to rack up a couple more red cards, there's going to be bands that follow that. And that's really going to hurt the squad depth when they're trying to recover from a difficult showing in the earlier stages last year of the URC. Mm, absolutely. So I suppose Super Brew, with respect to URC, it's one of our bigger... Um, sort of pools that we have with Superbrew ongoing at the moment. So I suppose once again, I just have to shout out to another bloody Stormers fan, uh, Veris Tweedacent. I'm going to assume it's Veris and not Weris. So Werner Vergatini, um, you know, you're still leading the pool on 65.25 points. That's no change from last week. And uh, I really hope uh, a fan of any other franchise can pip this guy because it's starting to annoy me. Vanna, keep it up. You pissing Ronnie off is giving me great joy. But really, well done. Impressive run so far. The guys are starting to fall a little bit behind you, so they've got some, some work to do. Um, pity that you're a Stormers fan, though. I have to share that sentiment. Okay, so you also got to have a problem with the Stormers. Not the same kind of problem you have. <laughs> okay. Six Nations, Ronnie? Six Nations, you know... I love the Six Nations, honestly. It's always played in the beginning of the year, just when I'm starting to froth at the mouth and look forward to some international rugby. Six Nation comes along and I can watch some big-name teams play. Uh, so, obviously, we had Wales versus Scotland. What were your thoughts? Yeah, well, <laughs> typical Scotland. Hey, they poor, poor fans. Honestly, I feel so Shame. bad for them. Every year, uh, hopes are high. It's coming to Scotland. They're going to win. They're going to take the, the Six Nations. Get the big upset in the Calcutta Cup over England and then lose to a depleted Wales. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to sound like some of the English supporters in the 2019 World Cup. You know, I think Scotland peaked a week too early, beating England and then, you know, caving to what we said last week was a depleted and, you know, very different Wales team that we're used to. But you know what? Wales at home, uh, they're always going to be tough to beat. Yeah, and I think it's about 10 years since Scotland's won in the Principality, if not more. So definitely a challenge there. But the first five minutes of that fixture were unreal. That ball was passed a crazy number of times, a lot of breaks, and then it seemed to settle in a little bit. Well, you are a front row forward, so what constitutes a crazy amount of pass for you? Probably like eight passes like a game. two levels below what Intermac did to all the All Blacks <laughs> last year. Intermac alone. <laughs> yeah. right? Okay, sure. But, yeah, it's 14 all at halftime, so it really was a tight fixture. Coming down towards the end of the game, then Finn Russell's brain fart where he did the tap down. Yeah, he can't be excellent in every game, Sham. You know, then Dan Bigger goes for the long range. It comes off the post. But again, Wales, the awake side, Alex Cuthbert regathering it, putting them in the territorial position, and Dan Bigger slotting the drop goal to win the fixture ultimately. Mm. So 2017 there to, to Wales. But something we have to have to mention on this podcast because it is unreal, and I know you're quite a fan of the player, Hamish Watson. Oh, I love Hamish Watson. I'm just re really sad that he cut his mullet. 
he has made 180 tackles without missing a single one. 180 tackles. The last time Hamish Martin missed a tackle, COVID didn't exist. <laughs> 2019 is the last time he missed a tackle. Shit, Hamish, maybe you need to, uh, Hamish, you need to miss a tackle so that COVID can go away. And then this Finn Russell card, necessary, brain fart, what did you think of that one? You know, it's just always difficult. Obviously, you're going to find arguments on both sides with, uh, you know, some fans are going to be felt hard done by, other fans are going to say it should have been uh, more severe, brain fart for sure. You don't see that every week. He was lucky it wasn't a penalty try, actually. You reckon... Oh, but you're just a controversial bastard. A controversial bastard. Well, Finn Russell from Hero against England, he really upset the Scots this week. So hopefully in their next fixture, he can sort that, that out. You know, he's had a couple of cards for Scotland, which is uncharacteristic of a fly half generally. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Butch James. Unless you're Butch James, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Sure, but going on to the, what I felt was the game of the weekend, France versus Ireland. Let's just first get this out of the way. Last week, come on, go for it. Last last week, I said France was going to win, and you said Ireland. Okay, and who won? Uh, Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so France won, which just proves that I know more about rugby. But uh, what anyways, a game, though! What a You're game! Right, eh? definitely, definitely the game of the weekend. Surprisingly, Ireland struggled in the first forty in that game. Hey. France were all over them. That quick try from Dupont about a minute, 10 seconds into the fixture. Dupont's a beast. He is unreal. That long-range pass of his as well. Going out to the wing. Unbelievable. You don't put a play in space like this unless you're some sort of freak of nature. No, that that is true, true, true class from the nine, the French nine. And then, I mean, you look at that side and... Uh, Mac Hansen's try from Ireland. It's rare, just before, it's rare that you get a try like that. You see a try like that, and we got two with Lucanio Um and now Mac Hansen. Yeah, I reckon Mac was watching Lucanio and was like, I need myself some of that action. Also, it's unbelievable. He snatched that ball out of the air, dotted it down. Well done, young man. But this, Fran- this French team, hey, they really deserve credit for where they're at. They've always had that attacking threat, and that French flair has been talked about for years. But I feel like watching them, they've added a lot of grunt into the way they play. They're very, very solid on defense. It's the South African influence. You know, Paul, eh? Oh, like Paul, eh? Paul Willemser, a very French name indeed. But yeah, the French are definitely uh, very, very strong in you know all facets of the game, in all honesty. And I'm really nervous about what's going to come up in the 2023 World Cup. You know, as a Springbok, who do we want to face in the quarters? Do we want to face France? I don't know, I might considering <laughs> facing the All Blacks instead. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely something to worry about. They are a team on the rise, building beautifully on their way to the World Cup. And unfortunately, I did say that whoever won this weekend's fixture between them and Ireland would win the Six Nations. So now I'm just ho- hoping and grasping at straws that Ireland can still take it. France, the only ones with Grand Slam still on the cards. Yeah, France is going to win the Six Nations. I said it first, and you know, I'm right more more than I'm wrong. <laughs> we need to just double-check that math, eh? Italy versus England. Anything to write home about? 33-0. Most surprising thing about that game was Johnny Wilkinson not knowing Garbisi's name. Okay, all right. Well, Johnny Wilkinson is 130 years old. Yeah, but he is also being paid to commentate on the game. That's true. Okay. So... Bit of a struggle there. But yeah, I mean, much of what was expected from England. I think they'll be more proud of the defense that they didn't let any points slip. You know, you'd expect them to get a big score over the Italians. They've been the wooden spooners for 
as long as anyone can remember. <laughs> but it just really is unfortunate, and I'm definitely going to speak about this later in the podcast again. Just the Italy, but I just felt it was a one-way showing, and there's re- really nothing that uh, I didn't see coming. Yeah, Marcus Smith putting in a good performance. He How was great actually man of the match. He's great. He at is the moment. pretty good. I'm not Honestly, lie. England is very lucky to have him in their ranks, and I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, Owen Farrell, you're just going to have to play 12, mate. Yeah, I'm quite keen to see Marcus Smith linking up with Manitou Alagi. He's been recalled to the England squad. Okay. That that poses a nice opportunity for them as well. But England really had a slow second half in that fixture, hey? Racing ahead to 21-0 at halftime, only scoring 12 points in the second half. And that last try of England came in the last minute, so yeah. Yeah, they did have a dif- difficult second half, sure, but... Um, you know that tends to happen. You 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 lose. You become a little bit complacent. Take your foot off the pedal. Take your foot off the pedal. You try a couple of things here and there, and they don't quite work. You tend to find the second half a little bit more difficult. And then I mean, Ben Youngs also deserves a, a stand up or a round of applause there. Hundred and fourteenth cap. Hundred fourteenth. Yeah. So equaling the record of Jason Leonard, if he plays in the next fixture, he will be the most capped English player of all time. Oh, Still okay. a bit of a way off Richie McCaw and Adam Wynne Jones, but for all we know, Adam Wynne Jones might be playing when we're in a retirement home. So. I can't see Alan Wynne playing anymore. I mean, come on, the guy's too old now. Yeah, well, I'd like to see it. I think he's a fantastic player and he's a Welsh legend, so who knows? So, Six Nations is obviously a bye this weekend, which is a little bit sad, but, uh, you know, we've it's going to be a hop, skip and a jump and we'll end next weekend then again. So, some games to look forward to there are Scotland versus France, England versus Wales, Ireland versus Italy. So I'm actually excited for Scotland versus France because it's at Murrayfield. Yeah, I think the French will still take it. The though, French so. will, take, will most likely take it, but I think Scotland's best chance is the fact that it's at Murrayfield. And remember, True. Scotland beat France last year in France. Okay. Denying France the Six Nations title, in <laughs> fact. So... Yeah, that could be an interesting fixture. Okay, well, let's hope they can channel their inner brave heart. So, yeah, I'll be supporting them for sure, but I definitely think it's going the French way. Varsity Cup was another tournament that's kicked off this week. Yeah, and, Varsity uh, Cup was quite a lack. How exciting watch, is that yeah. that that's back? Back and, your boy keys. <laughs> I know last week we spoke about how some of our memories of when we were at university, but uh, um, it was just really awesome to see. Yeah, it was really lucky to have the Varsity Cup back. You know, I didn't get to watch all the fixtures, but I did watch a couple of them. Uh, Pico versus Ikes. That was an interesting one. Um, Ikes actually taking it right at the end, 35-26, after a lucky bounce of the ball sent it to their reserve fullback. And, you know, he dotted it down. But other than that, CUT Ixias or Ixos versus UJ. That game... Whoever's listening to this might sound confused when I say it ended as a 44-all draw. I was a little bit confused when I saw that initially. I thought I came away with the win in Super Brew, and then I saw the, the points actually changed. Draw. So do you know what happened there, Ronnie? No, tell us. So in Varsity Cup, depending on where the try scoring effort started from, is a different number of points for the try. So um, Axis was awarded a five-pointer try, after the game, they appealed it for a point of origin try, meaning that it generated from their own 22. They dotted it down and the score was altered. It was a seven-point try. So instead of being 42-44, which was the score at the final whistle, 
it was adjusted to a 44 all and a draw for the sides. It's unbelievable, really, because we how have you ever heard of a game score being altered after the fact? Eh? No, that's amazing. Another interesting thing I picked up in the Varsity Cup, which I wasn't aware of, was the 50 22 rule is a little bit different. There. Oh, yeah, how does that work? So, normally, your 50 22, if you kick the ball from within your half into your opponent's 22 and it bounces and goes out, you would get, get the, the line Get the attacking line yes. In Varsity Cup, you get a free kick 15 meters in field. Changes things a little bit. It definitely does. Because your options are. Now, I wonder, would the teams mostly take a scrum in that case? Probably, that's probably what I would do if I had the pack for it. Yeah, of course. Of course you would. You are front row forward. You'd love to yeah, scrum. there we go. It's where all the smartest people play. <laughs> <laughs> and then our alma mater, Tucks of Nix versus Marty's. Yeah, unfortunately, I did. I am from Tuckies, but uh, I backed the boys from Stellenbosch and uh, got that point on Superbrew. You know, it was last year's semi-final. Tucks beat Marty's out and won the competition. This year was Marty's turn, winning 19-9. But another very, very close fixture. I mean, it was 9-all at half-time. But yeah, two two tries. Uh, I'm lying here. Two tries. One try right at the death in the 73rd minute um, from a driving ball put Marty's ahead. They ultimately came away with it. But something incredible about these two sides. Marty's and Tux combined have produced 48 Springboks. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It really is unbelievable. So if you want to be a Springbok, come to Pretoria or go to Stellenbosch. <laughs> come to Pretoria, please. Okay, Major League Rugby has also been something that we've spoken about in the last couple of weeks. And uh, so USA. USA. <laughs> USA. Honestly, I don't understand why uh, you guys from the USA like to listen to us. But uh, thank you so much. We appreciate it and we hear you. So, you know, Major League Rugby is a little bit challenging for us to watch here in South Africa, because it, it's not on Super Sport. I don't know why that would be, because, you know, there's some really big-name players that play in the Major League Rugby. I know you're itching to say... Ma Nanu. Ma Nanu? I thought uh, you were going to say Matt, Matt Gitto. Matt Gitto? I mean, <laughs> I can't believe that he's Both still the boys. Um, still wearing his scrum cap. But, yeah, absolutely. So some really big-name players, and uh, um, it's just really awesome. It's good rugby, in all honesty. So there's, there's an app, and we'll share that, and what app you can use to actually watch the games on live and also highlights. Um, but, you know, that, that conference, they've split it into two in America. You know, it grew from only five teams in 2018, and we're now sitting on on 13. So there are 12 American teams and, and, and one from Canada. and uh, Canada, even. Yeah, Canada, Canada, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so there's the Western Co- Conference, and there's also the Eastern Conference. Western Conference... You know, it's still early stages. They've only played two games uh, each team. So so hold on. You're saying Western and Eastern Conference. So they've split it up geographically for the country. Yeah, that's too. typically what Western and Eastern implies. Thanks, Thanks Ronnie. No, just no, just no, clarifying. So the Western Conference is on the Eastern side. Does that make sense to <laughs> it you? It definitely does. Thanks, Ronnie. <laughs> Bloody idiot. Um, <laughs> we've got the Austin Gilgronies and San Diego Legion. Uh, Legion. And the Seattle Seawolves all, you know, up at the top there playing... Having played two, one, two. Seattle um, Seawolves must be a pretty cool team to support. What makes you say that? I don't know. What is a seawolf? <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine that. No, it's a killer whale or something. Um, so we've got Rugby Atlanta in the other conference. You know, they're leading the pack quite comfortably there. Um so, you know, it's just awesome to see. And when you go and do a bit of research on this Major League Rugby there, you know, we mentioned it, big name players. But, you know, there's also a South African coach, uh, Scott Matty, who is the Giants slayer. He used to coach for the Griquas. 
Oh, really? He's so, over there. Yeah, that's absolutely awesome to see. Yeah, and I mean, and Gary Gold's actually coaching the Gary Eagles, the Gold, national side as well. I mean, the Americans are doing really well by, you know, and in a very short amount of time, they've their rugby has really exploded, and it's awesome to see because I'm, I'm really concerned that, you know, the Americans are going to be uh, one, one hell of a team to contend with in the years to come because, you know. It's actually exciting because there's a huge market there for it. So it's good to see them importing the intellectual yeah. property to help grow the game, in fact. Uh, absolutely. I mean, their NFL players, their basketball players, you know, I reckon they could make some seriously mean rugby players out of them. You know, maybe if we can even just get the East of America together, EA Sports might make us a game again. <laughs> absolutely. So... Um, the USA is also trying to bid for the 2027 Men's Rugby World Cup. Um, I know we'll Vegas. probably... We, <laughs> they probably won't get it. It'll probably go to Australia. Um, you know, that's what it looks like. And uh, But there's still the 2029 Women's Rugby World Cup, which I think will be fantastic for the game. Um, and then there's the 2031 Men's Rugby World Cup again. So it might be fantastic to do 2029 Women's World Cup followed two years later by the Men's Rugby World Cup. So um, America, come on, guys. We believe in you. Stop watching NFL. I mean, NFL is great and all, but <laughs> come, come over to the, to the I don't want to say the dark side, but come over and watch some rugby. We, we want you. Please, y'all. <laughs> Just trying to use the lingo, you know. Got to get used you're just to it offending at some point. people. Now. That's what <laughs> How is that mean. offending them? It's what they say for you all. Oh, it's like us saying now. I now. apologize for the, for my friend here. <laughs> and then Ronnie, exciting stuff. You've been Etzebeth, possibly coming to the Sharks. Yeah, let's try this again. You guys won't know, but we've recorded this multiple times now. So we just want to talk about Evan Etzebeth before we move on. Nick, I think it's very exciting. I really, really cannot wait. Rumors also Mario Torje is coming. You know, news on that, uh, maybe. That's a <laughs> serious uh, rumor, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even it's a bit very exciting. You know, honestly, that uh, that owner over there in that team there in that country over there in Europe just really didn't respect even enough. I felt. And you know what? Come home, Eben. There's always a place for you at the Sharks. Yeah, honestly, if my coach said that I was a handicap to my team, I'd also probably be leaving. Yeah. How he has the balls to say that to someone as large as Etzebeth as well, not quite sure. Eben could just sneeze and it would uh, hurt the Toulon coach. But yeah, absolutely. Eben, very exciting stuff. Um, And uh, all I hope, I hope it's true that he would be coming to the Sharks. Yeah, and I mean, Edwin could see a shark CEO saying, though, Etzebeth would have to take a major pay cut if he was to come come to the Durban side. Interestingly enough, our South African franchises have a 65 million rand salary cap for a squad of 50 players that they're allowed to employ. I know maths as a lawyer is not my strong suit, but 65 million divided by 50 gives you a r- roughly 1.3 million rand per player. Then you look at someone like Holland, who's off to Racing Metro on a 7.7 million rand deal. Can you really blame the players for not staying in SA? Absolutely. No, for sure. Eben, come home. We're very excited to have you. Outside of Eben, Holland, like we mentioned, he's off overseas. Stormers losing another player and he only just signed for them. So that's another big loss for the Cape franchise. Sia Khaleesi apparently also playing a major role in luring Etzebeth to Durban. You know, they're longtime friends. So definitely, definitely an exciting transfer rumor. Eben, you will look solid in the black and white of the Sharks, my friend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Shall we talk about some of the predictions in the upcoming games? 
Yeah, let's have a look at some of our predictions. So Curry Cup this weekend, hey? No South Africans playing in the URC. Yeah, that's well. I, yeah, I suppose it's it doesn't really matter whether it's Western Province or whether it's the Stormers. It's the same bloody team for me, and I hate you nonetheless. Um, but you know, it's still exciting to watch some South African derbies for sure. We've seen a lot of South African derbies over the last couple of months. Griquas Province. Yeah, well, my prediction is going to please you there. I'm saying Griquas by six. I'm actually also going to back the uh, Greek was there. Um, you know, I, th- I think, you know, Province are the form team for sure. Uh, but the Greek was are just known for upsetting my Super Brews. So I'm going to back the Greek was there. I think it's going to be a lot closer. I'm going to say Greek was by four. Greek was by four, hey? And then Pumas versus Cheetahs at home in Mbombela. Bloody Pumas as well. I love you guys. Um, but you guys also know to upset the Super Brew from time to time. Um, but... Not actually, but I am just going to back the Pumas here. Again. You're going to back the yeah. guys. Don't listen to Ronnie. He's clearly been hit in the head. Pumas today. by four. Pumas by four. Hey? I'm saying Cheetahs by 13 for that one. Cheetahs are my team to win the Curry Cup. Frontstein's never going to let the Pumas get away with that, let alone Ron Pina and company. <laughs> for sure. Lions, Sharks. <laughs> don't even get me started on the Lions anymore. The little kitty cats there in Joburg. Uh, they're definitely going to lose this one. The question just is by how much. Putting a lot of faith in the Sharks who just know, who I felt do, feel don't have that BMT really. But you know what? I I know, Sharks gonna, worst team versus Lions best team, still not convinced. Eh? Well, you know, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back the Sharks here for sure, but uh, it's not going to be a convincing win as I'd like it to be. So, you know, Sharks by, you know what? I'm going to stick with four as well. Greek was by four, Pumas Guys, by four, Sharks by four. Do not listen to Ronnie if you plan on climbing our log. I'm going Sharks by 15 at least. Two full converted tries ahead of them. Sure. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's see. I'm sure I'm going to be right. Yeah, you've been sure of that many times, Ronnie. So since you're always so right and your 10 cents is free, what about your two cents? Okay. So, you know, I mentioned in, earlier in this podcast, we've actually recorded this a number of times and then had to take parts out and redo certain parts because, you know what, we just keep proving Nick make, you know, Nick wrong and he makes so many mistakes. Um, I'm going to have a bit of a moan today. Okay, so we... Today. I'm going to have a... What makes today special, right? I'm going to have an official moan here because I've got a little two-cent segment here. Welcome to my world, everybody. I deal with this consistently. There was a bloody article today that said that, uh, you know, the Springboks have only committed to the end of, was it 2024, 2025 in the Rugby Championship? What Um, a joke, eh? Thereafter, it's a little bit uncertain, but there's this bloody rumor that keeps floating around about the Springboks going north and playing in the Six Nations. And I don't know if I enjoy that. I am completely fine with us playing the URC as South African teams, but it really just, uh, it frustrates me that there's all this talk about us leaving our Sanzar brothers and uh, sisters and going... And playing in the Six Nations, you know, what are we going to kick out Italy? Is it going to be, um, you know, the Seven Nations or the Eight Nations? Are they going to introduce some relegation um, games in that tournament? I don't know. And I just felt that, uh, you know, all these rumors flying around, usually where there's smoke, there's fire. And it just, it's incredibly frustrating. And I think this is a good opportunity for some of our listeners maybe to firstly smash that like button. And uh, comment on the social media platforms and give us your opinion because I really don't want the Springboks to go north. Yeah, I think that would be a shocking decision. There's a reason all but one of the World Cups belong to the rugby championship teams. Why would you dilute that and go and play north? But even on the flip side, do the Northern Hemisphere sides want us there? 
you know the six so. nations is a tournament between them they're not going to travel down here for a once-off fixture i i just don't think it's it's worthwhile the box going up there and to be honest i don't really think they want us either yeah, I think leave it with the URC, honestly, and let us keep continue playing the rugby championship. We get the best of both worlds then. And we like get... you say, the best of both worlds. They really are in a unique position to enjoy viewership deals in both sets of the game, in the yeah. North and in the South. If you want more teams in the Six Nations, let Japan join them. And, you know, Georgia, Romania, there's some of those countries where they could perhaps introduce a second tier. Please, please, I'm begging you, World Rugby, uh, Saru, Sanzo, do whatever you guys need to do to just keep the Springboks where they bloody well are and playing the Rugby Championship. I 100% agree with you on that one. 100, 100% agree. And then, I mean, we were booted, but Super Rugby, Pacific starting this weekend. Oh, no, that's some exciting, exciting stuff to look forward to. I mean, don't you just miss the days of going on a Friday Instead of doing any work, uh, you know, watching the Highlanders, you know, feed the Waratahs. I remember those days. We were students going to Dross in the morning after a busy night at Hatfield Square, rocking up there for that breakfast special that included the free cappuccinos. And we wasted most of our Fridays chilling there, yeah, having absolutely. breakfast. I mean, you're talking about varsity days. I'm talking about uh, my, my career where I just, rather than work on a Friday, I watch rugby. Yeah, well, if you can do that, you're lucky enough to do that thing. I'm glad you were doing it, Ronnie. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm very excited to see some Super Rugby Pacifica um, matches. You know, there's the Drua and the Moana Pacifica that are joining it. Now, did you see actually Aaron Major is coaching Moana Pacifica? Oh, really? Aaron Major? Aaron Major, eh? Yes, that is a, it's a major, major deal. But yeah, their opening game against the Blues was postponed due to COVID outbreak there. Sure. But Moana Pacifica made up of Fiji, Samoa, Tonga and the Cook Islands. Quite exciting combination there. Yeah, no, I'm very much looking forward to it. Hopefully some of the Australian teams can also do a little bit better. I know the Waratahs were absolutely dismal last year in their smaller format of, uh, you know, Super Rugby. Yeah. Um, Talking about Aussies, there's even two of them in the Pacifica team. Sokopa Kepu is there captaining them, and Christian Leliofano is at 10. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have a soft spot for, for Christian. He's played really well over the years, and he was always my go-to when we played fantasy rugby. Yeah, so, I mean, it's exciting. Moana Pacifica was actually established to play a once-off fixture against the Maori All Blacks, and then granted a license to partake in Super Rugby. So, 100% backing you. You know, we actually have a decent viewership in Fiji. So, excited for you guys, hoping it goes well. And smash some Aussies and All Blacks, please. <laughs> Absolutely. What about the Fijian Drua? Yeah, very exciting. Of course, I think any any team coming from the Pacific Islands, um, it's great to see them getting the opportunity to to play against some of the bigger names. You know, the Crusaders, the Highlanders, the Chiefs. Uh, notice I'm not naming any Australian teams. <laughs> well, funny you say that because their first fixture is against the Waratahs this weekend. Okay, well then that's a great way to start. Yeah. yeah. And if you guys haven't yet, join our Super Brew Pool. We've got 100, 200 people in there. So come compete with us. See if you can beat me and Ronnie. You'll definitely beat him if you listen to his predictions and do the exact opposite. Don't listen to Nick. I'm beating him in most competitions anyways. And then, I mean, what do you make of the fact that all the Kiwi teams have been based in Queenstown now to avoid the, the border restrictions? Yeah, they've been incredibly strict, New Zealand, with their COVID rules and restrictions and, and limitations on movement. So, you know what? Playing in a bubble is not very exciting, but if that's what they have to do to get the game and the tournament underway, 
then so be it. Definitely. And I think this weekend also proving a massive chance for young fly off Josh Iwani. You know, the three uh, All Blacks 10s deployed last year, Richie Mawunga, Damian McKenzie and Bowden Barrett, <clears throat> all won't be playing this weekend. So it's a chance for the youngster to show what he's got, you know, put his hand up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Who do you think is going to win? <laughs> Crusaders. Crusaders, yeah. You can't so Ronnie's go. just copying me, guys. No, uh, absolutely. <laughs> With uh, Scott Robertson there, a.k.a. Razor slash... Breakdowns you know, King. Breakdowns King. <laughs> you know, he's just, he's fantastic. So I, I'm going to back the Crusaders to win. Yeah, I think it would be foolish to go for anything other than the Crusaders. So I'm surprised you chose the smart route, Ronnie. <laughs> and another thing you were smart about, hey, last week you guessed Duhan van der Merwe. I assume by now you've seen that you were indeed right for stat today. A lot of people backed uh, Damien De Linde as the. Always wanted to say that. Yeah, our singing needs some work though. <laughs> but yeah, Duan van der Merwe it was. Well done on that guess, Ronnie. How are you feeling for today's Saturday? No, I really struggle with names and places and people. So and generally, most things except Superbrew at winning Superbrew, <laughs> right? So, Ronnie, are you going to name the player this week? Should yeah. we see how it goes? Let's go for it. As always, guys, Ronnie's going to get three questions to help him and you guys out. The post will be out on Thursday, Friday with extra clues with the answer being posted on Saturday. So Ronnie, try not to Saturday st- st- your way to the answer today. So the player that we're talking about now was born and bred in Bloemfontein. Oof. Half of South Africa. <laughs> or at least rugby players. <laughs> that South narrows Africa. it down to three quarters <laughs> of our rugby players. Represented two South African franchises. Sure. He's 26 years old. He made his test debut in 2018. He was a back-to-back SA Schools representative. He has a degree in Geography and Statistics. While obtaining that degree, he represented his university in the Varsity Cup. And in 2016, he was named Curry Cup Player of the Year. That was in his debut season. Who's the player, Ronnie, or what are your questions? Well, I don't know if I've got three questions. I think this one's quite simple, actually. You think this one's quite simple? I'm going to ask you, is he a part-time farmer? No. No, he got from the Free State. Yeah. Nice. What does he question. do for fun? <laughs> he goes and rides tractors on his mate's farm. All right. So was that? Can I count that as my second question? All right. Um, is he still playing domestically? He is indeed. Okay. And um, just a quick, just to narrow it down, is he a forward or a back? He's a forward. He's a forward. Well, I suppose he comes from the Free State. But uh, I'm really struggling for this one. Um, and he's got a degree. What university did he study at? This is an easy one. Shimless. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm really struggling. I have a feeling I could be wrong on this one, but I don't really have another name to go for. So I'm going to go for Johan Gersen. Johan Gersen, hey. Well, Ronnie, like everyone else, you're going to have to wait for Saturday. Let's see if you helped out our listeners at all. Um, but yeah, lucky guys. Thanks for joining us. Give us a like on any of our social media platforms. Leaving a review also greatly helpful to us, helping us climb the ranks. Let us know anything you want us to change or do. And yeah, thanks for listening.